how would you describe nothing? It's not that easy. I've been doing some freelance editing work recently, editing mattress commercials for these crazy high-end mattresses with technology designed by NASA. And some of the full-time workers at this company where I've been doing this editing work share my enthusiasm for film. They're particularly partial to Star Wars, and most of my work there has been dominated by discussions about Star Wars. I was talking to one of the guys who works at this place, who happens to be a good friend of mine. Now he's not only a filmmaker and a huge film buff, but he's a Star Wars man from way back, which made me surprised when it turned out that he'd never heard of a term that's inextricably linked with the very man behind the Star Wars saga. A screenwriter called Angus MacPhail coined it. Alfred Hitchcock got credit for it, and George Lucas built a career around it. It's permeated some of the most successful stories in the history of cinema, despite, by its very definition, being absolutely nothing. It's the MacGuffin. Now the problem, or one of the many problems with a lot of film theory, is how vaguely defined a lot of elements in film theory are. Cinema is an art, not a science, and is, as a result, inherently ambiguous. But despite that, there's still a fanatical need within the film-loving community to categorise, pigeonhole, and define. Some things fit into categories more easily than others. For instance... Jean-Luc Godard's A Buddha Soufflé is absolutely part of the French New Wave movement. Or the scene when Henry Hill takes Karen through the back door of the nightclub in Goodfellas is absolutely a long shot. Not a long shot like a fluke, but an actual long shot, like a shot that is long. Other terms and definitions are more problematic, especially when their very definition is in contention like the MacGuffin. Though the principle of the MacGuffin could now be applied to storytelling that dates back probably centuries or more ago. Hitchcock used Rajad Kipling's work as an example to illustrate the MacGuffin. MacGuffin as a concrete term that describes a particular plot device was only popularised in the 1930s by none other than Alfred Hitchcock himself. Hitchcock gave a lecture at Columbia University on March 30, 1939, which was the first recorded use of the term. Quote, We have a name in the studio, and we call it the MacGuffin. It's the mechanical element that usually crops up in any story. In crook stories, it's always the necklace, and in spy stories, it's always the papers. We just try to be a little more original. End quote. Now, in 1939... Hitchcock was yet to make the films that would come to define his career, his masterpieces. Rear Window was released in 1954, Vertigo in 58, North by Northwest in 1959, and Psycho in 1960. However, he was still a very much established and highly respected filmmaker. Hitchcock had been around since the silent era, and was one of the directors who flourished when sound burst onto the screen in the late 1920s. By the time... He gave that lecture at Columbia University in 39. He already had films like The 39 Steps and The Lady Vanishes Under His Belt. The very next year, after the lecture, he would release Rebecca, one of his finest films, 
So when Hitchcock came to you in 1939 with a new addition to Cinematic Glossary, you listened. Apparently the term MacGuffin was coined by a man named Angus MacPhail, a friend and colleague of Hitchcock's, who may or may not have been the same Angus MacPhail who wrote the screenplay for Hitchcock's film Spellbound a film which is perhaps most notable for the dream sequence that was orchestrated by none other than Salvador Dali, the Spanish surrealist artist. You might remember Dali's most famous painting, The Persistence of Memory with the Melting Clocks. While the essence of a MacGuffin is manageable, the details are notoriously ambiguous. Hitchcock's explanation at that same lecture at Columbia University on March 30, 1939, was barely illuminating. Quote, It might be a Scottish name, taken from a story about two men on a train. One man says, What's that package up there in the baggage rack? And the other answers, Oh, that's a MacGuffin. The first one asks, What's a MacGuffin? Well, the other man says, It's an apparatus for trapping lions in the Scottish Highlands. The first man says, But there are no lions in the Scottish Highlands. And the other one answers, well then, that's no MacGuffin. So you see that a MacGuffin is actually nothing at all. End quote. Not the clearest explanation. That the MacGuffin is an important principle to engage with, not least because it keeps cropping up when you start talking about some of the most beloved films of all time. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Citizen Kane, The Maltese Falcon, The Lord of the Rings, Pulp Fiction. Hollywood filmmaking, in particular, largely thanks to the work of George Lucas, has embraced the idea of a MacGuffin. A MacGuffin is a plot device that takes the form of a goal or an object or some other kind of motivator that the protagonist pursues, which then drives the plot. Generally, there's very little to no narrative explanation regarding the nature of the MacGuffin. And in fact, the specific nature of the MacGuffin is usually completely unimportant to the overall plot. To a certain degree, it's the opposite of the concept known as Chekhov's gun, which was coined by the Russian playwright Anton Chekhov. And it's the idea that a seemingly unimportant object will ultimately serve a significant purpose later in the work, If there's a gun hanging on the wall in the first act of the play, then in the third act, that gun must go off. According to Hitchcock, the MacGuffin, on the other hand, is completely meaningless in relation to the plot. Despite the supposed focus on the MacGuffin, a Hitchcock movie ended up being about something else. Take the 39 Steps as an example, in which the MacGuffin was the coveted plans for an aircraft engine. But in reality... The film is about a man trying to solve a mystery to clear his name. The MacGuffin is always particular, sometimes absurdly so, but the character's motivations are always universal. Another Hitchcock quote. The main thing I've learned over the years is that the MacGuffin is nothing. I'm convinced of this, but I find it very difficult to prove it to others. My best MacGuffin, and by that I mean the emptiest, the most non-existent, and the most absurd is the one we used in North by Northwest. The picture is about espionage, and the only question that's raised in the story is to find out what the spies are after. Well, 
During the scene at the Chicago airport, the Central Intelligence man explains the whole situation to Kerry Grant. Grant, referring to the James Mason character, asks, What does he do? The counterintelligence man replies, Let's just say that he's an importer and exporter. But what does he sell? Oh, just government secrets, is the answer. Here you see, the MacGuffin has been boiled down to its purest expression. Nothing at all. End quote. Within the context of Hollywood cinema, no filmmaker outside Hitchcock himself, perhaps more so than Hitchcock, has so championed the idea of the MacGuffin as much as George Lucas. This is the same George Lucas that defined a generation with Star Wars and then ruined that generation's childhood memories by superimposing Hayden Christensen into the Star Wars special editions. Now, George Lucas was part of the film school generation, an era of filmmakers that emerged in the 1970s that included people like Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, Francis Ford Coppola, and Peter Bogdanovich, just to name a few. Now, that era is probably a topic for a separate episode of this podcast, maybe a few separate episodes, but imagine Mozart, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, Bach, and Chopin had all lived at the same time, and not only lived at the same time, but been friends and bounced ideas off each other to improve their work. That's what Hollywood was like with this film school generation in the 1970s. Now, Lucas's contribution to cinema occupies a fairly murky ground, but he was around at this time, and he changed cinema forever in 1977 with his film Star Wars, a film that would define how he formed stories for the screen for the rest of his career. Lucas builds stories around the concept of the MacGuffin, particularly in the Indiana Jones films. But you could easily argue that Lucas has never actually grasped the fundamentals of what constitutes a MacGuffin. Lucas's idea of what the MacGuffin is differed somewhat from Hitchcock's, and that difference has only obscured the concept more. Unlike Hitchcock, Lucas thought that the MacGuffin should be powerful, and that the audience should care about it almost as much as the heroes and villains on screen. The Lucas MacGuffins are most apparent in the Indiana Jones series, which was produced by Lucas. The series was directed by Steven Spielberg, but George Lucas was the producer and he had an enormous hand in shaping the narratives in those films. The Ark of the Covenant in Raiders of the Lost Ark, or the Holy Grail in The Last Crusade, are two of the better examples of Lucas MacGuffins. In a sense, Lucas is misusing the term, or he's evolved the concept into something quite different from what Hitchcock meant. Lucas uses the term MacGuffin quite liberally, essentially focusing on the idea of an object being a driving force of the plot that remains somewhat ambiguous. The Ark of the Covenant is an example of a Lucas MacGuffin that does have significance to the plot and the overall context of the film, which goes against what Hitchcock vaguely outlined. It's perhaps not Lucas's fault that his interpretation of a MacGuffin isn't entirely the same as Hitchcock's, considering how unclear Hitchcock has been when he came to explain it. The problem with Lucas's impression of what constitutes a MacGuffin is that it sort of opens up the possibility of a lot of plot elements that wouldn't be a MacGuffin in the Hitchcockian sense of the word to be defined a MacGuffin. The Matrix in The Matrix, for instance, 
wouldn't have been considered by Hitchcock to be a MacGuffin. It's integral to the concept and the themes of that movie. But because of Lucas's dislocation of the term, it could be, and has been by modern cinephiles. One of the best examples of a Hitchcock MacGuffin in modern filmmaking is the rabbit's foot in J.J. Abrams' Mission Impossible 3. The characters chase the rabbit's foot, which is never explained for the entire movie. We know it's important, but it's absolutely nothing. And so Hitchcock's concept sort of got away with itself because of Lucas, and most modern uses of the term MacGuffin refer to the idea of an object or a motivation that drives the plot, which is not really a MacGuffin. You hear these stories of the progress of the new Indiana Jones film, that George Lucas has almost cracked the idea for the MacGuffin. Considering Hitchcock's idea of the concept dictated that the nature of the MacGuffin was largely meaningless, this is not only absurd, but it highlights the difference between Hitchcock's and Lucas's interpretation of a MacGuffin. Now why this has happened is because it's entirely likely that the MacGuffin was a joke to Hitchcock. It was actually nothing. The problem with the MacGuffin is that the more you think about them, the less like a MacGuffin they seem. Most accepted MacGuffins, like Rosebud in Citizen Kane, or the Letters of Transit in Casablanca, or the Ark of the Covenant that we mentioned before in Raiders of the Lost Ark, probably aren't even really MacGuffins. They just sort of feel like MacGuffins, which is essentially what George Lucas's definition of a MacGuffin is. When Lucas talks about coming up with a MacGuffin, he really just means setting up some sort of obtaining goal for the characters. Hitchcock was probably ambiguous about the whole concept because he knew it was all a bit of nonsense. The MacGuffin is either definitely a thing that can be applied to a huge number of stories, or it's unnecessary branding of something entirely unspecific. Like we talked about earlier, there's a tendency in film, not just in film, but in all aspects of life, for devotees to delineate or define. So a Buddha souffle is part of the French New Wave movement, and that Goodfellas scene was a long shot, and the MacGuffin is a thing. It's just not such a concrete thing, which is the nature of categorising art. I've heard the MacGuffin from Hitchcock's rear window described as all sorts of things, from the murder of Mrs. Thorwald to the mystery of what's buried in the garden. How can you properly outline a concept with such a vague direction? How would you describe nothing? Nowadays, the MacGuffin is perhaps best understood as a driving force of a movie, which could be fairly easily replaced with something else. That's George Lucas's influence. If this is all sounding a bit convoluted and confusing to you, then there's no need to worry, because the MacGuffin is nothing. It's a meaningless concept. Even Hitchcock thought so. You need to know about it because it pops up from time to time, especially in high-concept Hollywood filmmaking. Just remember to take the idea with a grain of salt. So this guy, who works at this company where I've been editing mattress commercials at, doesn't know what a MacGuffin is. But then, neither do I. John Roebuck's Film School, or My Film School, is brought to you by Real Good. Stock media for this podcast is provided by Pond5.com.
For more film school and much more, head to realgood.com.au.